The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Hi, Mike Gibson, Bob Harrington, coming to you virtually this year from AHA 2020. Bob, great meeting. Uh, a lot of amazing engagement for a virtual meeting. How do you feel it's going? Mike, I, I think that there's things that I would say are going really well, and there's things that I'm missing on a daily basis. The things that are going really well is that the quality of the science remains high. Um, I, I actually tweeted out over the weekend that I think I've attended more sessions this year than I have in a few years because I don't have all the other ancillary meetings. Right. Um, you and I can never go to the meeting because we're no. stuck in all those other meetings. So. I was doing something else. And, yeah. and, and I'll come back to that. But I think that the other good things is I call it the democratization of the meeting. You know, the experts are on the screen talking, but a lot of the actions happening on social media and in the uh, and in the chat Q&A where everybody else is chiming in. Hey, I don't believe this. Or, hey, I'd like some more information. Or, hey, did you not consider this? And I think that's a good thing to get more voices involved, get more perspectives. The downside is what you've already indicated. You know, while we're in some ways not having to go to the sidebar meetings is good. What I really miss is those sidebar meetings. I miss running into you in the hallway. I miss having dinner with you. I miss the conversations that go on um, in the hotel bar and the faculty lounges, all the places where the conversations go on. Now, in some ways, Mike, for you and I, we've known each other for 30 years. We can still chat pretty regularly. I'm really worried about what this means for early career people who, this isn't a way to develop a network. It's sort of a placeholder, but it's not the way to develop a relationship. You got to really talk to people, get to know them, have dinner with somebody. Yeah, you know, Bob, I noticed that also, uh, like you, uh, being CEO of a research institute, I I noticed that what we used to do is sell culture. We can't compete on pay. Cambridge has its beat on pay. They can pay people twice as much. What we can compete on is culture. And culture is largely bumping into people in the hallway and those conversations. Uh, and that's where a lot of creativity and micro networking really happen. And once you take away the hallways, and once you take away the face-to-face -face interactions, it's, I got to be honest, Bob, I feel it's hard to maintain culture. And it's been hard for us to maintain that as the selling point for organization. And people are getting hired away to go work over in biotech in Cambridge because, you know, they're working from home. The, the interaction is the same, whether you're working with a biotech in Texas or, or San Francisco, or they just don't care anymore. So it's become really hard for us to compete. So for a society, for the Heart Association, other societies, they're really predicated on culture. And, yep. you know, unless we get back to face-to-face -face meetings, I, I hate to say it, I'm, I'm not trying to be a downer. I think we've done great with these virtual meetings, but it really is no substitute uh, for the face-to-face -face interactions. I, I, I could not agree more. I think we've, um, we've made the best of a bad situation, of a terrible situation but there's still things that are lacking. It's funny you say culture. We started our um, 
intern interviews last night. I mean, you talk about a, a role where you're trying to sell culture. You're trying to get people to come to your campus, see your health system, see who that, you know, meet who they're going to work with, have dinner with a group of fellow residents. And how do you do that over Zoom? I mean, does every program start to look the same? You know, you try to do some things that distinguish you and in some ways, you know, brand recognition of a Brigham, a BID or a Stanford helps, but um, there's still something lacking, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, you know, when you're interviewing people, there's something about human body language. Um, you know, when I coach people on uh, interviewing techniques, I tell them, you know, you're not really being interviewed. You really should be, you're really kind of interviewing the other person and you're dancing with them. You know, there's a body language of dancing. They lean in, you lean in. They lean back, you lean back. And it's natural in a face-to-face -face interaction. And you know, when you're really connecting with that person, when your body language is mirroring each other, you don't have that kind of mirroring of body language over Zoom. And it, it, it really is a odd and kind of awkward experience. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that. I also tell people that you're being interviewed when you go to dinner, when you have lunch. Um, oh, yeah. Well, the real decision's made at dinner. It's not made at the, uh, you know, <laughs> at the interview. But, um, well, talking about a tough situation, we have COVID. But, uh, Bob, I'm really thrilled with what you and the Heart Association and others have done to really get us organized as cardiologists to understand the impact of COVID on heart disease. Talk to us a little bit about the AHA's COVID registry. Yeah, so there was a, a late breaking science session this morning that I got to serve as the discussant on. And um, there were th uh, three presentations from the AHA COVID-19 registry. Uh, I, I would say, Mike, that this was uh, a triumph of a couple of things. One of which is a 20 plus year investment into uh, get with the guidelines infrastructure. Yes. So AHA knows how to make a registry and knows how to deploy a registry. And that's 20 years of investment and hard work by a lot of AHA staff, a lot of people in the field, and uh, a lot of great investigators, uh, people that you and I know well, people like Greg Fonero, Clyde Yancey, Eric Peterson, um, you know, Harlan Crumholz. I mean, these Adrian Hernandez. I mean, these are people who really have done a great job. Uh, Tracy Wong from DCRI. These are people who have really done a great job over the years of building up to get with the guidelines platform. And literally what happened is last spring, uh, late in the week, uh, HA leaders, we got a phone call from James Delormos, who we also both know. And uh, James and his colleagues at UT Southwest said, would the HA be interested in talking about creating a COVID registry? We had a meeting the next day with them over the weekend and we let them know, well, you know, we've been thinking about this. We get with the guidelines anyways. What are you thinking? Put those two things together and literally within like three or four days, we launched a project team that was then able to, uh, you know, I, I think Mike to really build on the backbone of the data structure that is get with the guidelines build on the hospital relationships that are guidelines and fundamentally did two things. One of which is added COVID specific modules to our heart failure, coronary disease, et cetera, guidelines, uh, 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 registries, and then create a standalone COVID-19 registry for um, COVID specific patients. 
And so that was deployed in the in the spring. And this was the first presentation on, you know, 15, 20,000 plus patients uh, with three presentations. One was James himself talking about um, just actually putting the whole thing together. Second was uh, Fatima Rodriguez from our place to uh, previously who you knew in Boston from, yes. uh, from the Brigham sure. um, talking about ethnic and racial differences in the registry. And then finally was, uh, was one of um, James DeLemos's early career colleagues presenting information on uh, body mass index as a risk factor for bad outcomes with COVID. So really nice opportunity to demonstrate how this thing came together quickly what we've been able to learn quickly, and then try to put some context around that. Well, Bob, you and I talked about this a lot, and we should continue to talk about it. I think we need to build these national registries to become the backbone, at least the data repository or backbone, on top of which we can do randomized trials or ask randomized questions. I think the Swedes have done this so well, uh, and the people in the UK have also done it quite well. We need to catch up. We need to build upon this kind of experience. We're trying to do it with the pulmonary embolism response team, the PERT registry that we run. Mm -hmm. we, we, we added a COVID registry on top of it. We're talking with the FDA about using that, co that PERT registry as the backbone to then do randomized trials of new drugs and devices off of it. You know, it's sad. I, I'm hearing that the ACC NCDR registry is having a tough time securing some funding. And, um, you know, it would be sad to let these kind of national registries go by the wayside. I think we really should dump some resources into them and repurpose them perhaps as a backbone to answer important questions. We really failed on the COVID side in the United States. We just didn't get organized. Uh, you know, the Oxford group, the Brazilians, they all just ran circles around us because they're so much more organized. Yeah, you and I have been engaged in a public dialogue along with our friend, Dr. Califf and Dr. Hernandez and others about our real failure as a society to be able to rapidly do clinical trials. I've talked about registry, which is observational data, which is important, but it's not testing the therapeutic question, which is really, I think, right. where the US fell short. In fact, Mike, in my discussion uh, this morning, my last bullet point on the summary slide was, we need a serious examination of the clinical research infrastructure of this country. Um, right. I, along with Clyde Yancey, I've been helping out NHLBI look at all of their uh, COVID-19 related clinical trials in something called Connects. And clearly, you know, these great, great networks to do CT surgery or to do heart failure or to do something else, have yielded success in those niche areas. But when it came time to say, hey, we need everybody all in to answer, you know, should you use therapeutic doses of heparin or um, prophylactic doses of heparin once you've been hospitalized for COVID-19? Trying to get those networks to work together to form some structure because there is no pre-existing relationship. Right. It, it, it's really hard. And I agree with you, Mike, what we need to do is can we build upon either pre-existing platforms like Get With The Guidelines and add randomization. Now, you know that the there are two fundamental challenges to that. One of which is that it's not long-term, stops at hospital discharge. That could be overcome. 
We can overcome that. Yeah. That can be overcome. The second is that these were designed as quality improvement activities, not research activities. And so they would have to be rethought from a contractual perspective, et cetera, um, at each of the local levels. So it'd be a lot of work that would go into it up front. But I agree with you, Mike. Ultimately, we need to be able to do what our friends in the UK did. Test and it's not a technical issue. Um, no. You know, we, we use RedCap. We use RedCap. It, it's so easy. I can do it, you know. Um, uh, and it's not a technical issue. No, it's, it's a socio-cultural issue. It's a social-cultural issue. And it's this kind of sad that we can't, uh, you know, we're such fierce, uh, you know, individualist in this country that it's great in some ways. We're very creative and uh, fierce individuals, but when it comes to working together, uh, we just we just aren't as good as we could be. I think we could yeah. be. I mean, you know, Mentor Tarakia, who's here at our place, uh, working with, uh, with one of our former residents and one of our current fellows, he put together uh, using clinicaltrials.gov, a look at all the COVID-19 you know, trials and studies that were registered. The vast majority of trials, and there's a lot of them in clinicaltrials.gov, are tiny little trials done at a single site that aren't going to really make a big difference. They're yeah, not going to answer yeah. the societal questions that need to be answered, like does convalescent plasma work? Yeah, I mean, that, that one is one of my pet peeves. The fact that we've treated tens and tens of thousands of individuals without actually knowing if it works to me, borders on the unconscionable. Like, yeah. how did we allow that as a society? Well, you know, it might've worked. Well, it might not have, it might've been harmful. Well, you it know. It might've been harmful. You and I have been around the block so many times. We've, we've seen that things that you're well-intentioned, you have a great hypothesis, you think it's gonna help and it ends up actually hurting. So um, I think that's most of the things I've worked on that, you know, it sounds like it might work and it often doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just wanna congratulate you again on a great job for you and for all the people at AHA. It's been a great meeting. You guys have done a lot of work to improve diversity. Uh, seeing a lot of young faces uh, there, a lot of uh, people of color of all different races, ethnicities. I think that's great. Uh, keep up the great work, Bob. Thanks, Mike. And no mantles two years in a row. No mantles. That's that's good work. Yeah, I think we're both start, we're both big advocates of women as one. I think we're yeah. No, I, I I've enjoyed watching you do that, and uh, I know you're a huge advocate of. Uh, getting our women colleagues more and more engaged. And, uh, and that's going to be critically important. We got to improve the, uh, uh, the look of cardiology. So it looks like the patients we care for. So it looks like the country. Right. Right. I agree. All right, ma'am. Thanks for joining us, Bob. And thanks to all of you for joining us here virtually from AHA 2020. Thanks for having me, Mike.